ladies and gentlemen, for the one hundredth time, welcome to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast hyphen nation. I'm your host with the mostest, Kellen Conley. Morgantown weather report, it's 77 degrees, it's beautiful, it's very warm, a little muggy, overcast right now, but it looks like things are going to be good. I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to rain, I don't care, maybe, I know we're supposed to get PM thunderstorms, I don't know if I got that last night, meaning today, or meaning earliest morning, meaning tomorrow, because I was playing 2K17 with my old Bulls guard, which somehow is in the second round of NBA playoffs, so I got me three games to play, and I might pull off a championship because for some reason, I'm playing really well on 2K17 for it being my first time out. I just got the game. But I might be able to finally do what I could not accomplish on 2K13 other than simulation. Yay. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com As always, the marcrob.wordpress.com Mark Rob. That is a blog written by my good friend Marcus Joe and Mad Love Robinson, my semi-regular co-host Marcus Joe and Mad Love Robinson. Lots of great content, all kinds of pop culture articles on there, as well as some deep thoughts. The Thought Father is what I call him in one of the group chats. He has a Game of Thrones piece coming to wrap up that whole series, as well as the much maligned Season 8 so be on the lookout for that and then also radio public unofficially they have not fixed a thing where you're able to hit an itunes link and bring it up in radio public if the app's on your phone yet because like i said apple podcast changed all their links so that you can load the podcast right in your browser i don't know if a fix is coming but still if you know how to copy and paste what you do is you copy that um itunes link paste it in the radio public and it'll come up and then nine times out of ten if you search a podcast it'll come up in radio public anyway and you can listen to it i love radio public it's my favorite podcasting podcast listening app i uh am listening to the shop talk podcast right now out of detroit featuring my friend your friend the compelling protagonist of isla plow wow the compelling protagonist of isla plow proclaim Handsome Bane, Eric Greenlee. So, Radio Public, man. This episode's also brought to you by Sprite. You're welcome, Sprite. Okay. So, first and foremost, I had asked the Brain Trust, which includes Michael Amarique, the aforementioned Eric, and the aforementioned Marcus, I'd ask them, hey guys, do you want to do your boy a favor 
and just do some drops for episode 100. Like, hey, congratulations, uh, episode 100. Uh, good job, you know. I had asked that, and then a few days later, Marcus came back to me. And he said, he said, no, he called me. And he said, hey, I did my drop for episode 100. I just want you to check it out, make sure you like it and everything. So he sends me this link, and it says, happy 100 hyphen on it. And me being me, I was me looking for the drop. Ignored all the happy 100 hyphen. Went right to the SoundCloud link, hit play. A voicemail came on. I was like, oh, cool, he did some cool production on this. And then Michael Amarik's voice came on first. And I was like, what is this? He did a very special 100th episode message for me. He got a ton of people on here. He's got Lamarick. He's got Lane from Lemon on the Edge. He's got Maps from I Black Man Podcast and a podcast called Fresh. He got... He got himself, he got Eric Greenlee, he got Mike the Buzzsaw, Osti, he got Matthew Chivalry Spencer. So this will be the first time you hear Matt's voice on the podcast finally. This does not count as an appearance though. He got Angel and he got Aaliyah. So I'm just going to insert this message here. I was very touched. And if you go to the Mark Rob wordpress.com you can read what he wrote to uh to the people what he, well he wrote it to the people about me achieving 100 and we had a nice phone conversation after i realized what it was i went to the bedroom and read it to read the piece to angel and then we listened to the voicemail together she played dumb like she wasn't on there but thank you so much guys it really meant a lot to me I, like Eric says in this message, I should have been at 100 a long time ago. I supposedly, air quotes, took it easy on everyone and didn't blast everyone out of the water. But I, uh, with a bunch of episodes, actually, there's just more laziness or just life getting in the way. But we are here, episode 100. Ah, oh, man. So I'll um, check this out. What up, Kel? It's Gorilla Monk, a.k.a. Mike, a.k.a. the biggest nigga in the room, a.k.a. the second biggest brain on the earth, a.k.a. don't do the math, you'll never get it right. Just want to congratulate you on episode 100 of the world's greatest podcast, the Barack Obama-approved podcast, the West Virginia Doesn't Know It's Greatness podcast. Be hyphen. Good job. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Hey, hyphen, Kellen. Hyphen, Kellen hyphen. Hey, yeah. Hey, man, it's uh, EG, man. Little E, whatever you might call me. You know, host of Catch the Show. You know, the podcast that you basically suggested I should start doing for 
hyphen podcast group. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I just wanted to call you and just, you know, realize it's your, your own 100 episodes, 100 episodes in the podcast game. Dude, 100 episodes is 100 anything is no simple task. So just wanted to give a shout out to you via voicemail personally and and just congratulate you on making it to 100 episodes you are the reason of course for the hive podcast group but you for for all of us doing the podcasting under hpg you have set the bar in more ways mr stark you are our tony you are our iron man in this mcu that is the HPG. Uh, I just came up with that right off the top of my head. That sounds pretty damn good. I must say myself. So, yeah. Congrats. 100 episodes. And to 100 more of Hyphenation. Uh, yeah. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. What's up, Kellen? It's your best friend, Lane. Congratulating you on 100 episodes of your podcast. It's really amazing. I appreciate everything you've done for me, uh, helping me live out my dream uh, of of having a podcast. I really appreciate your passion, and I'm inspired by your commitment to your craft, man. Uh, Just keep doing you, and congratulations on 100 episodes. Love you, bro. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. What up, no loved ones? His eyes. Your guy, Handsome Bane, and I was calling just because 100 episodes deep. Congrats to my guy, the boss, Mr. Kevin Conley. Uh, yeah, man, 100. You you got there. You, you know, could have... You you could have had you you had mercy on us. You could have done this a long long time ago. You could be up to 200, 400, 500 episodes, but you you let us feel like we could catch up. You brought us in the game, brother. And um, yeah, man, I'm thankful for you, dude. Uh, from all that, from from my life knowing you through the social meds of old to uh, just coming to your house and you op- uh, opening your home to virtually well I know I was a stranger at the time and um, you know just letting us come crash that night and eat barbecue with you to this man and here we are uh, getting ready to be leaders of an empire man uh, just from that first episode Talking about wrestling and, 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 and Civil War and all that, man. And, and here we are. So, 100 episodes. People don't celebrate enough, man. So, go ahead and celebrate this one. Yeah, man. You, you, you're, you're doing a hell of a job with this leadership thing. And uh, we're gonna, we're just going to keep riding off into the sunset better. Appreciate you. Love you. Love, trust, belief, peace. End of message. To erase 
Hey yo. Mike, the bus Aussie here. I just had to do the Scott Hall intro. Kellen, I heard a little rumor that you completed now 100 episodes of the Hyphenation podcast. Wow. That either means you have no life or you're really old. Maybe both. In all seriousness, and as your favorite MVP of the Hyphenation podcast series, and I've now been on with you several times, I just wanted to say congrats. I know you love it. I know it's a passion for you, and you can tell how much you enjoy it. You're one of the best men I've known. I've known you now for years. You're a great husband, father, and just an all-out good guy. You're the baby face to my heels, and keep on keeping on and keep conquering your own way, man. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Hey, Hyphen, it's Gary. Hey, I want to give you a shout-out. Congratulations to episode 100. I always appreciate you. Thanks for everything you do. Love your content and admire your creativity. Keep doing what you're doing and look forward to another 100 or even 1,000 more. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Hey, yo, what up, man? It's your boy, Maps. Far be it for me to ever miss an opportunity to congratulate a black man for any milestone achievement. So, here I am. Yo, congrats, Kel. We're proud of you, man. One, oh, oh. You know what I'm saying? My man Nipsey says, the marathon continues. So, let's just keep this in mind and keep this and be so far ahead of the game. This is step one. It's episode one. Let's keep it moving, man. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, man. I'm going to get there. You know what I'm saying? You ain't you ain't dope like that. <laughs> like the old player, man. It's all love. Keep it going, black man. Brody, 100. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Hey, what up, Hyphen? It's Manifest.5, Chivalry. I was just doing some analytics on the last few hip-hop manifesto podcasts. And man, the download numbers for that are incredible. I'll throw them up in a visual for you later. And uh, congrats on keeping 100 and recording your 100th episode. Most don't create 100 anything except dollars and hamburgers. <laughs> Long before Brown's in our blood, Monsalog, he said, if you want a deal, holla at me when you reach 100 songs. So I guess that's kind of like the 10,000 hours to master your craft sort of thing. And I think that's kind of what you're doing right now with the podcast network, son. Great work. Stay creating those masterpieces. One. End this message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Congratulations, Kellen B. Hyphen This is your boy, Monster Long, and I just wanted to say a hundredth of anything is pretty impressive. So you coming up on your hundredth episode, congratulations. We've been doing things for a long time, brother. Running Sound Vision, the label, running that together since the mid-2000s to now, still doing it. Um, hitting the stage together, um, our U92 DJ shows, um, those were classics, uh, and history. <laughs> um, personally, man, I appreciate you letting me bounce my crazy ideas off of you. You being straight up, you're like, yeah, that's dope. No, that's not dope. Everybody needs that in life. I'm very fortunate to have you to do that. And you and my son now doing shows, that's, that's crazy. You know, but it's awesome. It's real Jordan clan-ish. <laughs> so, man, 
Once again, congratulations on your 100th episode. I love you. I'm proud of you. And uh, we just getting started, bro. We just getting started. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Yo, big dog. <laughs> Yo, Kels, what up? This is Marcus showing mad love. I wanted to show you some mad love coming up for your 100th episode. You know, it was an honor being on your pod, you know, multiple pods by now. I remember the first time, I never told you this, but I actually, I actually wanted to ask you even before I did about going on your pod as a guest. Um, I was nervous, I'll admit. Um, I've been listening to your pod for a while and, you know, I always wanted to reach out, but I didn't know really how to, but eventually when I did, you know, you were super receptive and super friendly about it. And, you know, right before I left Motown, you know, we had that good conversation in your crib and still keeping in touch ever since, man. And I definitely continue one of my good friends and, you know, doing this endeavor with you has been very fulfilling on a lot of different ways. And, you know, I definitely want to say thank you and we appreciate you and we love you, man. That's why I wanted to put this together, you know, because you have a lot of people that, you know, you have touched in very positive ways. And, you know, we definitely wanted to reach out and show you that appreciation back, man. And for everything you've done for us and everything you will do and, you know, moving together as a unit, you know, we can do anything. So it's to 100. Peace. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resaved. Hi, Casey. I know you're coming up on your 100th podcast, and I'm so proud of you and so excited. You work so hard to do these, and I love that you're inspired to continue to do what you love. So congratulations on your 100th podcast, and I love you. And Aaliyah wants to tell you something, too. Daddy, great podcaster. I love you, Daddy, and congratulations. And I have one more thing to say. I love you so much, and you're so great, Dad. We love you. On behalf of Victory Jump Off Radio, Track Adventures, two web shooters and a microphone, the Slavonarka Chronicles, Moves Like Curtis, the podcast, Nocturnal Travel Agency podcast, Molly Faulkner Music, Hip Hop Manifesto, Fantasy Football Bosses, Browns in Our Blood, Lemon on the Edge, It's Like a Podcast or Whatever, I Black Man Podcast, a podcast called Fresh, Catch the So, and of course, a semi-regular co-host of Hyphen Nation, Kellen, thank you for everything you do. Love you. Peace. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. Resave. Alright. Well. I'm very blessed, y'all. Um, you know, to uh, have people go out of their way and make that time to say their little piece and then Marcus go through all the ups and downs of adding everything in and making it sound like a voicemail reminded me of uh for those of you 
who don't know, well, Mary J. Blige's first album, What's the 411? I believe the intro is a bunch of people calling Mary, like famous rappers, producers, all kinds of people calling Mary's voicemail. And I, I've always loved that intro to that album just because it, it felt real. I mean, obviously, it was her first album. Mary had some acclaim by the time What's the 411 came out. And for all these well-known artists who come together to make this intro for her album before you hear that opening of Reminisce on the album. I remember the days we had, we had it all, you and I. Okay, sorry. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. I've listened to it like 17 times. I'm probably going to listen to it again. Uh, probably, probably, uh, sometime today because it, it just it really meant a lot to me so for this episode I wanted to do something special and unfortunately I'm not at the point where I'm doing live shows or anything I would a little love to do a live show and make y'all sit there and listen to me talk unfortunately I can't fly to Marcus and we do this live from San Antonio I can't bring us all together and do every single member of the hyphen podcast group. Oh, Eric Jordan was on there too. Sorry, Eric. Monster Lung. And Little E. Sorry, Little E. <laughs> Shit. Don't blame the um, heart. Blame the mind. So I wanted to do something special for episode 100. So what I came up with is what I will be calling the Centennial hyphenation awards and by centennial i mean it's the 100th episode centennial is the 100th anniversary or something so happy 100 hyphenation i have compiled a list of different categories with different nominees and we're going to talk our way through as I almost knock over my phone that's recording me right now, we're going to talk our way through this entire list. So, first category. Best episode of TV. This was originally was going to be called Best TV Show, and I had down The Wire, Breaking Bad, Scrubs, House. I haven't seen all... I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I haven't watched all The Sopranos. And then I really don't know what else would be up there from that. I, I'm, you know, I don't know. What else would people consider a classic uh, series? People say Dynasty and Dallas is up there. That was more like a soap opera. But I know people were fucking with it heavy back in the day. Uh, MASH, Golden Girls. I, I would consider classic TV. Frasier, I haven't watched all of that. Cheers. Some would say Friends. I enjoy Friends. I have not completed Friends. The Office is definitely in there. Parks and Rec. But I, I just felt like I couldn't narrow it down. And I felt like there was nothing that was going to beat The Wire. So it wasn't even going to be fair. And I couldn't even find one episode of The Wire to include in this best episode of TV. Because The Wire just felt like a whole narrative. Really, each season was an entire episode. To me, I, n I never felt like it was so singular where 
I could pick out one episode. And me and Marcus debated about this a little bit last night. So I didn't try. What I did do was I picked five episodes of TV that I've watched that I that really had a profound effect on me. Some of these I could say if you wanted to show somebody's uh, episode to get them to watch the entire series, all of these would be it. First nominee, Scrubs. Season two, my screw up. In this episode, Dr. Cox's friend, Ben, who also is his ex-wife, Jordan's brother, it's his best friend, Dr. Cox's best friend, Ben, visits Sacred Heart. It is the weekend of his son's baptism, I believe. And at some point, you see Ben with his camera. Spoilers. And Ben's whole thing is he takes pictures of everybody. Like, it's a, it's actual man, like it, manual camera, I believe. He winds it kind of deal. And he just loves taking pictures of everything. It's always been his thing. He's only He was only in a previous episode in season one. And he's played by Brendan Fraser. And at one point, J.D. has a patient. Dr. Cox goes somewhere. JD's only in his second year. He, I don't think he's an intern anymore. I think he's finished being an intern by the end of season one. I believe he's an attending doctor at this point. And he goes up to Dr. Cox after Dr. Cox is back and says, everything happened so fast and we lost him. I'm sorry. And Dr. Cox is furious at JD for losing this patient. Because Dr. Cox, despite his abrasive behavior, he's a good doctor. And then immediately Ben starts giving Dr. Cox shit the whole episode. And Dr. Cox is talking to Ben off and on. Why are you so mad at the kid and everything? And, and you know, like, it's just like Ben trying to talk Dr. Cox off of the ledge of being upset at JD for, for this failure to save this person's life, this patient's life. And eventually, after it's only 30 minutes, so it gets to the point where Dr. Cox, like, Dr. Cox is so mad. He's like, I'm not leaving the hospital. I'm just going to keep working. I'm not going to my son's baptism. Finally, I believe Ben is able to convince him to go to the baptism. And Dr. Cox is outside dressed in a suit, looking like he's ready to enter a church for baptism. JD approaches him. Ben is still with him, with Dr. Cox. Uh, assumingly to attend his, his uh, nephew's baptism. And what had happened was Dr. Cox makes a comment about there being tears and laughter and cake, I guess, for a baptism. And JD looks at him and says, Where do you think we are? And Dr. Cox looks at him, he looks around. He's in the cemetery, looks back, and there's no Ben. Ben's been dead. Ben is the patient that JD lost. Ben actually had, I don't remember the exact thing that happened to him in season one, but he came back in season two. He hadn't had a checkup since season one. Dr. Cox left the hospital. He came back, Ben had crashed. JD wasn't able to save Ben's life. 
Dr. Cox was imagining he was talking to Ben the whole time and Ben did not have his camera after that first scene where you saw him. <clears throat> Everything else is in Dr. Cox's head. So they attend Ben's funeral and it wasn't Jack's baptism, which is the name of Dr. Cox's son. One of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Next will be House. I believe this is season three, don't quote me. House's head slash Wilson's heart. This is the um, penultimate and the season finale of the season. This is a season where um, House had new interns come in. Or not even interns. His little uh, his little brain trust, you know, that would help him out with cases and stuff. Um, the original three had been moved to new positions in the hospital and he had to hire a new team. So, like, the whole season was kind of like Survivor style of people getting eliminated and and it was a really fun season. And in this episode, um, the house's best friend, Wilson, Dr. Wilson, had started dating one of the um, not, per, people who had tried to get the job for house. It didn't work out for her. But she started seeing this girl named Amber. Well, house being house, he had went out and gotten drunk. Um, and he couldn't drive himself home. So he called Amber. And I don't know if Amber didn't drive or what it was, but Amber had left Wilson's apartment where she was at, went and meet House at the bar. They got on a bus. The bus crashed, and Amber dies. And they do a good, uh, I think, I believe this is where House is kind of seeing, is also seeing dead people as well, where he's seeing Amber, but the whole time Amber's dead. It's a very well done two-part episode um two it's two parts and i know i said one episode but i feel like you can't have one without the other i just really feel like it, it puts a lot on display about the heart of what house is about as well as um it, it's heart-wrenching because wilson did love amber and he lost her tragically and it's house's fault because he went out and got blasted and he didn't cause the bus wreck but House lived and Amber didn't. And Amber wouldn't have been there if House hadn't been called her of all people to come help him. Next episode is The Sopranos, the pilot episode ironically called The Sopranos. I watched this as a 16-year-old the day it the night it premiered. I also watched the finale the night it premiered. Go figure. This episode sets up everything that you need to know about The Sopranos. Involves Tony's panic attacks. You meet Dr. Melfi. You meet Carmella. You meet the whole family. And really, it there. as far as I'm concerned, I feel like there's no better jumping on point for The Sopranos other than this episode. This episode gives you everything that this series is completely about. Like I said, I have not finished The Sopranos. I know how it ends. Just like I know how Game of Thrones ends, but I'm going to watch it anyway. Um... I, I just feel like it's a really well done piece of TV and set the stage for everything that was to come. The Walking Dead, The Grove. This is the episode in season five, I believe, maybe season six, where I think it's season five, actually, where everyone is uh, split up before they get to Terminus. Carol is with Tyrese. Tyrese doesn't know that Carol is the one who actually killed his then-girlfriend in the prison they were staying at um, because she was trying to stop the weird 
um, plague that uh, was killing people. And of course, if people died in Walking Dead, they become walkers. So Carol was trying to put an end to it. She killed his girlfriend when she displayed symptoms, never told him. And along with these two characters, you also have three little girls. You have um, Rick's daughter slash Shane's daughter. Judith is with Carol. Rick thinks Judith is dead, this, is dead at this point. You have Lizzie and you have Micah. Lizzie and Micah were two girls who came into prison via um, the governor's place. I want to say it's called Woodburn, but that's not right. Um, but yeah, they, they come to... They, they're, it's just this group and they find this house and it's in this little grove. And Lizzie has been displaying strange behavior for several episodes where she thinks the walkers are friends and not is not or is refusing to think they can really hurt her. Lizzie takes it too far in this episode. Tyrese and Carol leave the kids alone with Lizzie, who's old enough to watch the baby and her little sister in the, in this walking dead world. Leave them alone. Lizzie stabs and kills her sister Micah so that she become become a walker and she will have a friend. And was getting ready to do the same to Judith. Tyrese and Carol are mortified. Tyrese takes Judith inside. Carol buries Micah. Lizzie's very sorry. But ultimately, Carol knows no one is going to be safe with Lizzie because she is just cannot be made to understand that the walkers are dangerous. So she has to shoot her in the head and she uses the iconic line, look at the flowers, Lizzie as Lizzie is crying about killing her sister and not being able to understand and Carol puts her down. So they came in with three kids, they leave with one and also Carol confesses Tyrese that he killed his girlfriend, she killed his girlfriend. Tyrese forgives her though and then they move on from the grove. Maybe that was after Terminus, no that was definitely before Terminus. And then finally, Breaking Bad, Ozymandias, Ozymandias, however you say it. In this episode, it's the penult- It's almost the penultimate episode. <clears throat> this where everything in season five of Breaking Bad, it's a season six. I think Breaking Bad had five seasons. Season five of Breaking Bad goes wrong. Walter is out of the meth cooking business. He's running the car wash. Jesse um, has is working with Hank and the other officer to bring Heisenberg in. Jesse and Walt cook up this plan. Jesse and Hank cook up this plan to make Walter think that they're on, they have found his money that Walter buried in the desert. And Walter is not about to lose his money. So Walter speeds out of the car wash, heads out to the desert, finds no one, realizes ambush. Hank and the other officer, and I apologize, I, I cannot think of his name. It's right on the tip of the tongue, but it's not coming to me. Find Walt in the desert. They arrest him. Walter called the Nazis, though. The Nazis show up. They kill Hank, and this is the episode prior to this one. They don't kill Hank. They kill the other agent. They're rolling up on Hank. 
they free Walter. They have Jesse has run away and hid under a car. Walter begs for Hank's life. The Nazis aren't having it. They kill Hank. Walter's mortified. He sees Jesse underneath the car, hiding. Blames it all on Jesse. Before the Nazis then dig up his money, because they use the coordinates and realize that Walter has, this is where Walter buried all his money. They take all of it other than one barrel. Leave that for him. They take the rest of it. Before they leave, Walter points out a hiding Jesse and wants him killed. Nazis drag Jesse out. They take him. The, the Nazis, uh, main, main Nazi guy Jack, his nephew who had the crush on Lydia, suggests that they make Jesse cook for them and they continue to make meth with Lydia. Walter then drives to his home with his money, calls the cleaner, Saul, tells Saul to call the cleaner, tries to gather his family to get them to run away with him, knowing that they have two, he's now responsible for two police deaths. His family won't go with him. He kidnaps the baby, has second thoughts, drops her off at the fire station, but not before trying to absolve Skylar of all wrongdoing because the police are now involved. And then Walter is off to New Hampshire. While it reveals a lot of the plot, it is one of the best episodes of television I've ever witnessed. So the best episode of TV that I've watched out of this list Ozymandias is the winner. There there was out of all of these there was not a more tense episode than that episode. It it, it was everything that had happened over the course of all the seasons of Breaking Bad coming to a head and going so wrong for everyone involved. Next category. Best single comic book issue. So these are comic book issues, single issues that had a profound effect on me. I'm going to try not to uh, get too much into detail. I wanted y'all know what it's about, but I'm also not trying to be here forever because I have a lot of categories here. Superman 75, that's the episode, that's the issue um, where Superman dies. Doomsday and uh, Superman have been battling over the course of this six-issue Doomsday event. Everybody knew Superman was going to bite the big one. They throw colossal blows at each other, and they kill each other, supposedly. Of course, we all know this is comics. Superman came, came back, and Doomsday came back. But it had a profound effect on me because, one, Superman died. I also had nightmares about this forever. Like, I could not go near any Death of Superman stuff without getting freaked the fuck out and having nightmares the night, late, the night after. It really messed with me for some reason for a while. Civil War The Confession. It's a one-shot. While Civil War is now better known as... Captain America Civil War and there's been a Civil War 2 in the comic books the original Civil War was crazy Superhero Registration Act came in Tony Stark and, Fanta and uh, Mr. Fantastic and Hank Pym they're on the side of registration Cap said fuck that I'm not registered so it was Cap's team of heroes that was anti-registration against the pro-registration heroes 
Ultimately, Cap lays down his shield when he realizes how much collateral damage is being done to civilians by this war that they're raging, as well as some of the losses both sides suffered. Um, so Cap lays down his shield. Cap is being, don't quote me, taken into court, I think, and in his own series and is murdered. Of course, Cap got better. But he, he got killed, and then the confession is opens with Tony talking to Cap's dead body and telling him that it wasn't worth it. And then in conversation, it also cuts to another conversation that Cap and Tony were having where while they were both alive, like during the superhero war, <clears throat> where Cap asked him if it was, all this was worth it. And Tony said yes then, but after seeing his friend get murdered over all of this, he realizes it wasn't. It's a really well done one shot, so... Amazing Spider-Man number 248, The Kid Who Collected Spider-Man. This one reasons why I love Spider-Man. There's this boy named Tim. He's dying. And one of his wishes, he wants to meet Spider-Man. Spider-Man actually goes and visits him. Peter Parker does. And they sit and have a long conversation about his career and shows him his, his gadgets, the web shooters, and about things he's lost, including Gwen Stacy and... It's just a really well done... I read this episode to Angel one day, and she was really touched by it. That's how, how I know it's good. Uh, and they have this whole conversation, and ultimately, before he leaves, <coughs> Tim asks uh, Peter, asks Spider-Man, if he can know who he is under the mask. And Spider-Man shows him. He's like, my name's Peter Parker, and I've been Spider-Man since I was 16 years old. And then Tim ultimately passes away. But for what one day, Spider-Man was able to make him the happiest kid on Earth. Wonderful episode. Issue. Spectacular Spider-Man number 200. This is the finale of the Green Goblin slash Harry Osborn, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man war that had been raging for over 18 months, I feel like, in Amazing Spider-Man. They had a great battle throughout a... Um, throughout a uh I don't want to call it a series what, what would I call it um eh, a series called The Child Within it was like seven parts it was really well done Harry escaped Peter then I think at one point in uh, Spectacular 189 Peter was able to put Harry away in the vault finally he did catch him Harry then injects himself with a new batch of goblin formula which is what originally gave his father goblin powers. I think it, I don't think Harry had taken the goblin formula up to this point. I think he was always kind of doing it on his own. Uh, and then he took the goblin formula and made him super strong. He ended up getting out of the vault, starts menacing Peter in his personal life and as Spider-Man. He had bought this house that was called the Osborne Foundation. He's going to dedicate it to his father. Harry was sick in the head though. Um, he blames Spider-Man for his father's death. Peter knew Harry, knew that wasn't true. He's constantly trying to reach him. He had ultimately trapped himself in the house with Spider-Man, poisoned Peter. The goblin formula was poison that he had taken. He was dying. Peter was dying. Well, not dying, but Peter couldn't move. But then Mary Jane and... Harry's, uh, Harry's son Norman 
Jr., Normie, shows up in the house. Peter hears them. Harry was perfectly content for them to both be blown up and not be a problem for anyone else in their lives. Peter's able to convince Harry that he needs to save Mary Jane and his son. Harry's last act prior to being resurrected in, in a brand new day and everything like that. He gets on his goblin glider. He flies down the steps of this this ginormous high-rise that he bought to dedicate to his father. Saves Mary Jane. Saves Norman. Gets Mary Jane out. Mary Jane's like, where's my husband? Harry's like, I don't know. I, I, I killed him. Wait, no. He's conflicted. He doesn't know what to do. He wants to save his best friend, Peter, but he wants to kill his worst enemy, Harry, uh, uh, worst enemy Spider-Man. Harry goes back in and saves Peter. The building blows. Harry collapses. Medical attention is arrives. Harry succumbs to the goblin formula and passes away. Peter is mortified. I did the loss of his best friend. Last one is identity crisis number five. I know a lot of people don't like identity crisis number five, but reason this one has a special meaning to me i enjoyed it identity crisis for what it was when i was reading dc has a special place for me because it's all about my man tim drake the best robin there was the best robin there is and the best robin there ever will be in this episode in this issue geez robin uh i don't remember the exact details but essentially due to the Events that are unfolding in an identity crisis. Captain Boomerang is sent to murder his father, Jack Drake. Robin and Batman try to stop him, but they're too late. Captain Boomerang hits Jack in the chest with a boomerang, murders him. Robin gets there, is devastated, and holds his father bleeding in his arms. Batman arrives and then holds a then still crying Tim Drake in his arms who has stripped away his Robin costume because he just wanted to be as close to his father as possible as he passed away in his arms so the best single comic book issue Spectacular Spider-Man 200 there has been a lot of great storytelling in Spider-Man comic books over the years I feel like this finale of the Harry Osborn and Peter Parker feud slash Spider-Man slash Green Goblin number three or two, because Bart Hamilton was three, I believe. Green Goblin number two saga is the perfect way to end with Harry doing the right thing despite everything that was going against him. Next category. Best podcast. And when I say this, I am excluding any hyphen podcast group podcast because I'm biased. This would be the best podcast that this is the the podcast that I've listened to the most that I've gotten the most enjoyment out of over the years. Your nominees: The Combat Jack Show, The Steve Austin Show. I did have Nerdist in here, now known as ID10, but fuck Chris Hardwick, scratched that out because I remembered Juan Epstein. Better in the dark which is done by my friends uh, Thomas DJ and uh, former ho- former guest Derek Ferguson and Jay and Silent Bob Get Old which is 
of course, Kevin Smith and Jay Muse's podcast. When they first started it, they had started this pod because Jason had relapsed after several years of being clean. And it was Silent Bob's, Kevin's way of keeping Jay clean. They started doing this podcast. And the first seven or nine parts are just them going through Jay's relapse and even getting into some of the old Jay stuff. And I know I mentioned on the questions episode about one of my favorite books, which is... uh, um. Oh shit, wasn't it Silent Bob Speaks or my thing about the website? Um uh, Podcasting 101 Kevin Smith Book The book itself is called my boring ass life. I'm sorry. How did I not remember that? Yeah. Um. In my boring ass life, and like I said, the website that was up, um, it's it wasn't loading recently. I don't know if they fixed that or not. He never tweeted me back that he acknowledged that the site was down. He had a really good uh, series in there called "Me and My Shadow," detailing Jay's um, drug use throughout uh, their lives, uh, after especially after. Um, they got famous and everything because that's when Jay really started using. Went through the whole thing and how Jay had gotten clean. It's a really cool story to read. This was Kevin's second, or not second, his most recent attempt to save Jay's life. And so far it's stuck, but I really enjoyed that podcast. So the best podcast. I just like listening to Steve Austin talk, man. Combat is wonderful. Better in the Dark is wonderful. I'm biased there, though. I was with Juan Epstein a lot, man. I was with Juan Epstein from day one, and I rode with him for a long-ass time. I know there's a lot of episodes I haven't listened to of the more recent stuff before they finally hung it up. But some of the stuff, even those early podcasts when there was just them sitting in the studio with Juanito after they uh on Sundays at Hot 97 they were just doing something special so one up scene is the best pod Combat Jack is close though but I, I gotta go with one up best album next category this one is simply the album that had the most influence on me throughout my entire life and I picked five of them. I had to mark out Philadelphia Freeway because I love Philadelphia Freeway, but something just took its place. So these are the five albums that had the most impact on me, and I'm going to pick my favorite album out of all of them. First one is Boys the Men 2. I've talked about Boys the Men ad nauseum at, on Coolie HY Harmony as well as other pods. So I how much I love Boys the Men. Boys the Men 2 was my first favorite album. It's still. It still is one of the most incredible albums I've ever listened to. And I love it. Next one will be Nas's I Am album. This was my first Nas album. I hadn't li- I didn't listen to Elmatic till years later. I didn't listen to it was written till years later. My dad purchased this for me somehow from Costco slash Price Club. And I took that home and I devoured it. 
with all its faults, I still love I Am, and I Am had a big influence on the rapper I eventually became. Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Didn't listen to this until I was in my mid-20s. But the perfection that Stevie was able to, to achieve, it's, um, there's just no denying what he was able to do with that album with that double disc, that double LP. He made some wonderful music. And it's something I've always kind of wanted to put myself up against. I'm not there, obviously. But the the mastery is evident. I didn't include any Prince albums on here. I, I could have put... um. Oh, my God. Son, I could have put Son of the Toms on here. I could have put uh, Purple Rain in here. But, again, I was a latecomer to Prince. I feel like... I'd have recency bias with his death only being three years ago. So I left Prince off, but note that those albums had great effect on me, as well as albums by the name of Off the Wall and Thriller and Bad. Next one will be Jay-Z Unplugged. Yeah, I picked Jay-Z Unplugged. Reason being... It was the first live album I feel like I truly appreciated, other than the Earth, Wind, and Fire um, live album, which I want to call, think is called Devotion, but that might be wrong. But there's a live Earth, Wind, and Fire CD that my dad used to bump back in the day. But Jay Z Unplugged, it, it gives you all, it gives you Blueprint, Blueprint, which is probably my favorite Jay Z album ever. Followed super close by reasonable, reasonable doubt. But Jay Z unplugged you. You get to see, you get to hear Jay Z perform. You get to hear him do his most recent album. You get to see him censor himself for MTV. You just get to see a master at work. And if I said that about Stevie, I don't care. This too is a master at work. Final album would be a little ditty. That is called, and I want to give it the official title because I just love this album, and I know it's not just called this. This album is called Wyclef Jean Presents the Carnival, credited to Wyclef and the Refugee All Stars. Yeah, the carnival featuring the Refugee All Stars. This is the last. Fuji's album and it might be the best one for as good as the score was the carnival was incredible Wyclef showed me all kinds of genres he wasn't afraid to sing his bars were on point then the beats were perfection I went through something one time when I went camping with my parents at this campground with this girl from Vermont. Was it Vermont or New Hampshire? I think her name was Kim. I could be wrong about that too. But we were kind of a thing for two days. And then she ended up messing with this other dude. Because um, my mom and dad wouldn't let me stay up late and hang out with her. So she started hanging out with this other dude. Who she told me the whole weekend that she didn't really like. I was heartbroken. And that final night... 
I remember sleeping in the back of my dad's GMC Jimmy because they were in the tent smoking up and you know who knows what. <laughs> uh, sorry for outing y'all. <laughs> Shit. Um, I mean, God bless my mother. She's not here and whatever. They they were uh, they were playing cards and uh, doing whatever else. So yeah, um, I, I was so devastated that I remember listening to the song on the album that features the Neville Brothers. Um, and what was it called? Mona Lisa, which is where Wyclef interpolated Slick Rick's Mona Lisa. And then had the Neville Brothers come on and sing this, sing this mean ass tune. But yeah, I've mourned to that song. So the best album of my lifetime is the Carnival. That album makes me smile. Thinking of that album makes me smile. All these albums make me smile, but the Carnival makes me smile. Next category, favorite championship. So this is this is championships that were in my lifetime. So I can't count the '84 Raiders, the '83 season. Um, I can't count the '70 Raiders championships. Um, things that I actually remember having an impact on me somehow. So here's your nominees, and let me just fact check this year. Because I don't want to, I feel like I got the right year, but I also don't want to be wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. The 2013 Boston Red Sox. But, but hyphen, the Red Sox just won the, the, won the World Series this past year. I'm not as close to that team. I'm not really that close to the Red Sox in general. I love the Red Sox franchise still, but I haven't been as into baseball um, as I was, a lot has to do of that has to do with cable cutting. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just wasn't attached. I was happy they won. I still claim them as my baseball team. But the 13 Red Sox championship was just really unique to me because they blew it in 2011. They were killing everybody in 2011, and in that last month and a half in August and well September and August, they just fucked up so bad. They weren't. Even, they didn't even make the playoffs. And of course, they fired um, Hargrove, my, my, Mike Hargrove. Um, 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 I guess it, Francona. I was upset about that. I was upset at the behavior of everybody in the clubhouse. So 2012, I was, I expected us to suck, and we did. 13 was unexpected because that was the year of the playoff beard. I remember everybody growing out their beard, and all of a sudden the Sox just kept winning, and winning, and then they went to that the championship against. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see who they beat in the World Series. Oh, they they beat the Cardinals again in 2013. Because they beat the Cardinals in 2004. And they beat the Cardinals again. And I remember, I don't think I watched the early games because I was waiting for them to fall behind. And I definitely remember watching Game 6, staying up. Like, Angel's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to watch... King Six of the World Series because the Red Sox might might win it tonight and I watched it and I was hella excited for him so 
that was a special place in my heart. The 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cavs are not my team, but I had come to love that roster by the time everything went down. You can go back to episode 19, I believe, the one with Eric Jordan, Monster Lung, where we talked about that championship, even though he wasn't really a Cavs fan. But he was a Cavs fan then because that's where the king was. Me and Marcus are planning on doing a retrospective on that series. But that team was really close to my heart because they overcame all the odds. They overcame 3-1. They overcame the best team in NBA history. The block happened, the shot happened, and the stop happened in Game 7. I just rewatched that on Memorial Day just on a whim on YouTube. And those final moments are still insane. So that, that was a very special championship because it showed the Warriors could be beat despite everything saying that they couldn't be. And Cleveland won a championship. Still not a Cavs fan or a Browns fan, though. The 98 Bulls. The 97 Bulls have a special place in my heart as well, but it was kind of expected, you know? The 96 Bulls, that was almost a done deal. Like, if the Bulls hadn't won a championship, kind of like the Warriors did, that season would have been a failure. The 98 Bulls struggled. Scotty didn't want to be there beginning of the season. He sat out half of the beginning of the season recovering from an injury. Everybody said it was the last dance. Phil's supposed to be gone. And everybody kept saying Jordan's going to retire. Pippen didn't want to be there, like I said. Reinsdorf and Kraus were feuding with everybody. It was an unhappy team. But the most important thing that Bulls team did that season in the playoffs was they won their home games. Because without winning their home games, let me say the 1998 NBA playoffs, without winning their home games against Indiana, the Bulls would not have made it to the NBA Finals. Because just a quick check here. Let's see, the Bulls beat the Nets in three, and then the Bulls beat the Hornets in five, and then the Bulls beat the Pacers eventually. They beat the Pacers in seven games. But yeah, they they won every single home game. If they hadn't, then the Pacers would have been in the 98 NBA Finals. Then they go to Utah without home court. They they lose game one. And it's like, uh-oh, this is different. Things are different in Utah. Then the Bulls say, fuck that. They beat them in Chicago. They whoop them. I mean, they beat them in Utah. They whoop them in Chicago, 96-54. They squeaked out another one. In game four to go up 3-1, they just narrowly blow game five. Thanks to, uh, I'll never forget this, freaking, oh, I can see his stupid face. I want to call him Isaac Austin, but I don't think that's right. What was that, uh, what was homeboy's name? Man, um, what was homeboy's name who, uh, had, let's see, game five. 98 finals. Somebody just went off for the Bulls. I, yeah, there he is on YouTube right there. Not the Bulls. For the freaking um, 
Jazz. And he hadn't done anything like the whole series. So, series summary, no. Let's see. I'm not going to... Here we go. This will give it to me. Antoine Carr went off in Game 5, and Carl Malone went off, and Jordan just just missed a, a game-tying, or maybe it was a three he took, but it was a long-ass shot that almost went in that would have won the series or tied the series and could have sent it to overtime. So, yeah. But then you get to Game 6. Pippen's hurt. His back's hurt. I remember I was on punishment. <laughs> And when I got punished, it was like, no TV, you only sit in your room, no books, no music. And I got my punishment a lot because I do dumb shit in school where I'd lie to my parents about something dumb. And eh, you're on punishment, you can't watch TV. My dad got special permission from my mom to let me watch game six. And I've been sneaking and watching games here and there when I wasn't supposed to, when the Bulls were on. But he's like, this might be the final game. Like, Dad just had that. Dad, Dad had this feeling. It's like this might be it. This might be the one, the last game Michael Jordan ever plays. And it was. Jordan carried the Bulls on his back the whole game. Like the Bulls don't like that was seriously. If there's ever a game that you could point to and be like, Jordan carried this team, it was this one. His supporting cast was failing him. Of course, we all know what happened at the end. Jordan, the Bulls are down five. Jordan comes in with the, or the Bulls are down three. Jordan makes a quick slice to the hoop for two, comes back, steals the ball for Carl Malone, comes up the floor to Jazz, don't call timeout. The Bulls don't call timeout. Bulls don't call timeout. And then your boy, Russell, tries to check MJ. MJ with a little push-off. Puts a little finesse on that last shot because he said his shots were hitting the rim, so he wanted to make sure he got his arc in, hits the shot. John Stockton's three does not go in, and the Bulls are champions. One of the most amazing games I've ever seen in my life. The 93 Bulls was important to me, too, because... It was a third championship. This is when I was most aware. I was 10 at this time. The 91 championship, I feel like I had picked the Bulls and Michael Jordan as my team before that. But it was like, oh, yeah, the Bulls won the championship. I remember them losing game one. I remember watching that with my dad. I was really sad. I thought it was over. I was like, did the Bulls win the championship? He's no, there's more games. I'm like, oh, okay. Then the Bulls won. The Blazers championship, I didn't get to see a whole lot of that. The 93 finals, I did see some of it. The thing that stands out the most about this is after I did watch game six against the Knicks when the Bulls pulled that out in Chicago in the Eastern Conference Finals. The thing that stands out to me the most about the about this game six NBA Finals, not only did Paxson hit the great shot on the assist from, from Horace Grant, and Horace Grant made the great block on KJ, one of my favorite point guards of all time, Kevin Johnson. Um... But the thing is, I was at my mom's house, at Barbara's house, not Bonnie, at Barbara's house in Winchester. The the freaking cable was out. And she it wasn't that she didn't have TV, 
it just would not work. There was horrible storms. Adelphia was not helping. Could not watch game six. I was trying to listen to it on this beat-up station on the radio. Terrible static. And I, and I do think I caught the last few minutes of the game where it was either right after I was I caught some sports station or something. They played the clip where Horace spun the ball around out to Pax and Pax and nailed the three and the Bulls won. So that third in a row and me being the most aware and being the most aware of what happened in 93 season, it was really awesome. Finally, the 07 Red Sox make the list, not the 04, because as much as I love the 04 championship for everything it did, I didn't feel like, I, I, like I said, I had just started following the Red Sox once Manny had gotten there because I followed Manny from Cleveland to Boston, and that's where I've stayed since. It did, the 04 championship didn't feel like it was for me. I was happy. But the 07 championship meant a lot to me. Because I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let's get back on Wikipedia here for a second. Let's go to the 07. Whoops, that's not going to work. To the 2007 MLB. Not mob. MLB. Oh, don't make me write out Major League. Uh, Major League. Here. Major League Baseball season. So let's let's go here, and then league postseason. Here we go. I remember. I remember in the 2007 American League Championship Series, the Red Sox. The Red Sox did something. They won Game One. They lost Game Two. They lost game three. Yeah! The Sox were down 3-1 in 07. Went down 3-1 in the LCS. I started getting concerned. So what I started doing is I started wearing my Red Sox hat that I recently bought. And I wore it and watched a ton of these games. And fam, the Red Sox didn't lose another baseball game that postseason. I feel like I was partially responsible for that title because of my superstitions and me wearing that hat. Seven straight wins while wearing that Boston Red Sox hat and watching baseball. So favorite championship. My personal investment has a lot to do with it. So seven Red Sox. Next category. Most hated sports franchise. This is this is easy. I'm doing this because my description of hyphenation used to say I wanted to pee on the side of Yankee Stadium. Because I hate the Yankees so much. So this is easy. Most hated sports franchises. The New York Yankees. The New England Patriots. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Rockets. The only one I feel like I need to explain is the Rockets. I just never liked the Rockets. I wanted the the Knicks to win in 94. They did not, despite being up 3-2. I wanted the Magic to win in 95. They got swept. Uh, and then 
I just never cared for him. When they tried to bring in Barkley and do the whole Drexler and Elijah Warren Barkley thing, I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, they they traded for Pippen, which, while I didn't hate Scotty, I did not, not want to see him successful, so I hated that team. I did like the Jailblazers, though. Uh, I did like Steve Francis. I did like McGrady. Yao was dope, but those teams are never a threat to do anything. And now in the current day and age, I do not care for James Harden. I met him, and I despise CP3 at every bone in my body. So I want the Rockets to fail all the time. That's my most hated NBA franchise. I can't I can't even say the Lakers or the Celtics. I used to hate the Lakers. I got over it once I started to become a fan of Kobe. And then once I kind of realized what Kobe really was off the court, that bothered me, but still I have no problem with the Lakers. Used to have a problem with the Pistons. I really like the 04 um, Pistons teams, though. Used to hate the Knicks. But then, I, like I said, in hindsight, I like those Knicks teams a lot. Um, I used to hate the Heat, but then even that faded. The Spurs... I didn't hate them. I just didn't want them to win championships. They always did that. Celtics never bothered me because the Celtics were never good when I was coherent enough to realize it. And, and really, there's nothing else. Like, I guess I could throw in the Chiefs and the Broncos in football just because they're in AFC West against the Raiders. But the most hated sports franchise, it's a no-brainer, guys. It's the New York Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. Okay. Best comic book film next category these are films not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man 2 The Dark Knight Deadpool Logan and Blade I did have Watchmen in there but I feel like I might be the only negative fucks with Watchmen so I left Watchmen out uh, what well, I mean, let's let's think of some of the things I left out. I left out original Spider-Man. I did leave out X-Men 2. I do love X-Men 2, but it's hard to argue with Logan against X2 as much as I love X-Men United. It's super hard to to go against that in the X-Men franchise. X-Men 1 was cool for what it was. Uh, only watched Green Lantern in the theater. Enjoyed Superman Returns for what it was. Batman Begins is fine. I need to rewatch Dark Knight Rises because I feel like I every time I trash it, somebody's like, "Yo, you need to rewatch that." So I got to rewatch Dark Knight Rises. Have a true opinion on that. Uh, Batman v Superman. I enjoyed it. Most people didn't. I Man of Steel was fine. Still haven't watched Justice League. Still haven't watched Aquaman. Wonder Woman is very good. Um, First Blade I enjoyed. I love Blade Two though. Uh, I even like Blade 3. I haven't watched Deadpool 2 yet. Uh, Fantastic Four I enjoyed. I like Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer 2. But again, most people trash those films, even though I, I really enjoyed them. But again, I like more stuff than most people do. So there's that. What else came out uh, comic book-wise? There's, there's so much, so many movies. Uh, there's Punisher, Punisher Warzone. There was... I guess Unbreakable would count as a, as a superhero film. Um, one of those sneaky films that got in there. Both Hellboys were excellent. The first ones, I have not seen the new Hellboy. I have no plans on watching it. I'm a Ron Perlman, uh, Guillermo del Toro guy. So I was sad to see that franchise in. 
I, I know there's things I'm leaving off the list, but the, these are the ones that I'm going with. So the best comic book film, Dark Knight, doesn't even feel like a, a comic book movie. It is, but it's so well done that I can't consider it one. <sighs> Spider-Man 2 is the perfect comic book film. Deadpool was everything we wanted out of a Deadpool movie that we didn't know we were going to be able to get on the screen. Logan was that bloody, vulgar take on Wolverine that we always wanted and a fitting in for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine career. I'm still sad he didn't pop up in, um, spoilers, Endgame. And in Blade 2, it was just a lot of fun. You gotta give Wesley some credit there. But a lot of people don't even think those are based off comic books. And really, it's not like they were producing Blade comics at the time. They were, again, this is my Guillermo del Toro entry. Because Guillermo did his damn thing on this movie. So, I'm penalizing Dark Knight because it's too damn good to just be a comic book movie. Spider-Man 2 is so freaking good. I cried at the end of Logan. I told y'all that. I'm going to go with... Ultimately... Finally... Final answer. Hmm... God, I want to give it to Blade. I love Blade so much. I've watched Blade so many times. God, I hate that ending though where Octopus is like, oh yeah, I'm a bad person. I'm going to drown myself now. Bye. That's the only part of the movie that sucks. And then he reveals they, he's Spider-Man and then they end up getting together to MJ and... That's really heartwarming after the first film where it's like, I can't be with you because I'm Spider-Man. I got responsibilities, bitch. Blade 2. I'm not saying anything else. Worst Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Next category. Here are your nominees. And literally, this is me scraping the barrel because I love all these movies. Iron Man 2. Thor The Dark World. Incredible Hulk, Age of Ultron, and Captain Marvel. I gotta rewatch Captain Marvel. I'm not gonna do that to her. I feel like I'm really gonna like the film even more the second time out, so I have to rewatch Captain Marvel to be fair. Incredible Hulk was good when I watched it. I've never actually physically, I never really was disappointed with Incredible Hulk. I wasn't disappointed with Dark World either. Iron Man 2 was much better, is much better in subsequent viewings than it was in the theater. Same with Age of Ultron. God. Mmm. Mmm. Let's just, let's just say. God, Iron Man 2 so good. I'm going to go Age of Ultron. Um, only because I was so disappointed in the theater. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, it's so important to the story that they ended up telling over the 11-year period. 
But I was disappointed for sure when I walked out of Age of Ultron. I, it didn't wow me like Avengers was. And how could it? Let's be honest. That's a tall task to live up to for anyone to replicate the how good the Avengers was. So Age of Ultron is the worst Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Next category, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Captain America Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. But, hyphen, you didn't put Endgame or Infinity World in, or Infinity World, Infinity War in there. Reason being, I kind of see them as one film. Recency bias, because I'm still in my feelings about Endgame, and I'm really waiting to talk about that on this pod with everybody else. So I went non-Infinity um, War and non-Endgame. Iron Man will always holds special place in my heart. Guardian surprised the hell out of me. It's such a joy ride. Winter Soldier is arguably the best solo. Is arguably the best solo Marvel film that's been put out. Ragnarok is just tons of fun. Um. It's a non-stop joyride start to finish. And then Black Panther, which we all know meant everything and anything. Wakanda forever. Iron Man started it all. Guardians showed us that Marvel could be trusted no matter what. Winter Soldier showed us exactly how badass Cap could be in the real world in the modern day Ragnarok is uh, Tessa Thompson Hawk Jeff Goldblum the Black Panther T'Challa Killmonger Nadia Shuri Okoye M'Baku Black Panther and I'm leaving it at that Black Panther wins advice or whatever it's like comics conventions and cosplay or whatever it's like ladies night or whatever it's like wrestling or whatever it's like parenting or whatever it's like anime or whatever it's like spiritual warfare or whatever it's like Great friends, awesome people, coming around, doing what we do best. Or whatever. You should watch, listen, and follow. Or whatever. It's like a podcast or whatever. As we continue on, a couple amendments I want to put in here. Um, as we return to the world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. The 100th episode of Hyphen Nation. <laughs> um, I was, I was thinking about some of the things I said, and they're wrong. <laughs> Mainly, uh, one is uh, it's a uh, Nakia, who was uh, played by Lupita in Black Panther. I I don't know what the hell I said, but it wasn't right because I just listened to it before I started recording this. So my apologies there. Also. For some reason, I omitted 
Into the Spider-Verse from the best um, comic book film category. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I will continue to leave it out just due to recency bias. But, uh, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse is a serious contender for this, and I feel like I would put this as uh, I'd put it as the best comic book movie now, um, even with recency bias. Um, but I will go ahead and leave my answer, which I think was Blade Two is what I picked over Spider Man Two. I think I don't remember. It doesn't matter. So yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Um, a lot of ground. So. We're moving into some very special categories here. But before I do that, I have one more nonsensical category. So, the best Pixar movie. And it's not nonsensical, but you know what I mean. It's not really relative, relevant to the show. I just wanted to do it for the Centennial-Nation Awards. So, here's what we got. Toy Story 3. Finding Nemo. Up, Monsters, Inc., Inside Out. Those are your choices for the best Pixar film. Rat Tattooie is a personal favorite of mine, but I couldn't put it over Inside Out, as is Incredibles. Incredibles was able to successfully bring the Fantastic Four to the big screen, something that Marvel and Fox Apparently, never did successfully, especially with the last version. Again, I enjoyed the previous versions of Fantastic Four, but nobody else did, so it doesn't matter what I think. My favorite Pixar movie, though, out of those five, is Toy Story 3. Ali and I are actually watching that now, and we just got to a part where all the toys fell into the dumpster, so she doesn't know what's going to happen. And <laughs> She said, uh, we do this thing called Rosebud and Thorn. Where your rose is like something good to happen to you today. Your bud is something that you... Um, something that you would like to see happen tomorrow or something like that. And your thorn is something that went bad for you today. So her um, thorn was that but Woody and all the toys and his friends went into the dumpster. And her bud was that she hoped they would all get out of the dumpster. <laughs> so Toy Story 3. I was a wreck the first time I watched it. I watched it on Netflix. God, I feel like I watched it on the Wii. I was when I was streaming Netflix on the Wii and I watched it and I bawled like a baby the morning I watched that. I believe it's my first time actually watching it all the way through since. So I'm enjoying that. There's a yawn in here. I want you to find it. So we're rounding in the home as far as these Centennial Hyphenation Awards go. So. 
let's do some Marcus stuff. Let's do some Marcus Robinson, some Mark Rob stuff. Best Marcus episode of Hyphenation. Here are your nominees. Episode 61, God Bless Tony Stark. Episode 92, Hot Ass Takes. Episode 53, Wakanda Forever. Episode 86, The Aftermath of Leaving Neverland. And episode 35, Bobby Schmurda, Anybody You Heard Of. Hmm. Now, me and Marcus have been done tons of pods. We've done the yearly numbers on the board pods. We've done the Dark Knight pod. We have... We've done all kinds of things together. We did the... um. One about Mac Miller in the blog era not too long ago. We did episode 34 was our very first one where we came together. 35 is when I really feel like you really feel that magic between Mark, Rob, and I. So, best Marcus episode of Hyphen Nation. It's hot ass takes. Hot ass takes is super long. But God, did we have fun. I feel like we lost some steam towards the end, but those first, I don't know, eight or so takes we threw out there were were awesome. They were awesome. Hot Ass Takes, one of the best Marcus episode. Now something he, another thing he probably didn't expect, and something I didn't have planned until recently, I always go on here and say, Mark Rob, go to the M A R C R O B T H E M A R C R O B, the T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress dot com, and you can read all of Marcus Robinson's great writing. Well, I went through the whole, I went through the whole motherfucker, and I wrote down some of my favorite Mark Rob pieces. So. In no particular order right now. His most recent piece is called Control System. Love that one. Is writing fun? That one got a response from me. Um, love that one. And I could say I love every one of these. They're on this list for a reason. There's more questions and answers in Tinseltown about Hollywood and the Oscars snubbing uh, black people and black actors, black entertainers. Rapper versus Sanger, who's the best Drake? That's when he ranked a ton of Drake songs and good Drake songs versus other Drake songs. And it it was an incredible... I'll never forget the day I sat there and read that at work. I was texting while I was reading it. Because I was just so hyped up and excited for to read what came out number one. And the way he wrote it, it was, I was on the edge of my seat, man. It was, it was a wild, it was like a wild 20 plus minute, um, you know, um, journey. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Uh, Wonder Women, which is about the ladies of Black Panther, Koye, Nakia. I think I called her Nadia. Did I say Nadia? I don't know. Nakia and, uh, Shuri. And don't forget about the Queen. I I can't think of the Queen's name, and I'm not Googling it. Grammys don't care about black people. Self-explanatory. One more thing I learned from 2017, which is about an excellent episode of Black Mirror called USS uh, McAllister. And I hadn't watched it 
that up ep- I hadn't watched that episode when he wrote it. I don't remember reading it. So when I was looking at it tonight, I was like, how did I not get like even remember reading this? Because I've read I read all his stuff. So I've read even the Game of Thrones stuff that I don't understand and I understand more now. Not that I'm in full watch mode yet, but still there users is no escaping uh Spoilers. No escaping this. Yeah, so there's just no way around it. Um, a newbie superhero in town <clears throat> about Bob Newbie's contribution to Stranger Things 2. I uh, love that piece. Also, Sean Astin was at Apple Blossom two years ago, I believe, and I waved to him. I said, thank you, Bob, and he looked at me dead in the eye and said, you're welcome. It was one of the most coolest things Never happened to me, uh, for at least celebrity-wise. Um, the complexity of Tomlin's choice, that was when Tomlin held players back in the locker room. The weekend that Trump um, pretty much called out Kaepernick and everybody for not standing for the anthem. And then, like, what was it? The one player managed to come out and and <laughs> cause the scene uh, that he, he wanted to come out. And it was a big ordeal for a while. Ugh. <clears throat> Marvel State Warriors, comparing the Warriors to MCU, one of the most innovative pieces Mark Marcus uh, came up with. I really love that piece, and I said it again. Philando Castile's Killer Goes Free and Water is Wet. Uh, that was just the result of Philando's murderer getting off, just like we all thought he would. Dwight Howard is a goofball and a Hall of Famer. It shows... How funny Marcus's writing can be, but at the same time, he was backing up why he thought Dwight Howard would get in the Hall of Fame. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, 2016, the year fear won. That's about Trump winning an election. Donald won an election. Breaking the monotony of adulting. That's a funny piece. I always liked Carrie Fisher, truly human, about um, Princess Leia passing away. I mean, Carrie Fisher passing away in 2016. And in the last American... Hope, which is about Colin Kaepernick. <sighs> I always recommend all the stuff on Mark Marcus's site. Um, I think he does a good job. I think he's a great writer. Um, so I recommend any of these pieces. If I had to pick just one, and I'm going to pick just one. The winner is... Yes, I'm seriously sitting here debating. The best Mark Robb piece. Ugh. The Last American Hope about Colin Kaepernick. That's my favorite. That is my answer.
You're welcome, Sprite. And I guess I just called Marcus Sprite. I didn't intend to, but that's just how it is. All right, uh, next category as we lumber on. Worst episode of Hyphenation. The nominees. Episode 73, Fear and Loathing in Alabama. Episode 62, Promotion, Plethora, and Parker. Episode 31, Podcasting 101. Episode 70, 104 Miles. And episode 65, $100 bill, y'all. So, Marcus, you'll be glad to know that nobody, um, that none of your episodes made a worst episode. I'm not getting the reasons why these episodes are bad. They're kind of personal. You might listen to one, have listened to one of these episodes, and it'd be your favorite episode or something like that. If I had to pick just one episode that was just truly bad, though. Worst episode of Hyphenation. Fear and Loathing in Alabama. I... I tried to tell y'all about S-Town, and I just went on and on... And on, and on, and on, and on. It ca- The podcast captured my imagination. It truly did. It was truly awesome. But to sit there and then pod about it that freaking long. Like, looking at the other nominees, like, $100 bill, y'all. It was about Atlanta, but I was, Atlanta season two. But then I was also recording it, like, a month and a half after Atlanta ended, I was trying to remember stuff. Some of the stuff in there was good, but a lot of the stuff in there was just like, uh, 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 oh yeah, let me, oh, let me look this up. It just didn't didn't work very well. That cover was dope though. Hundred and four miles. I wasn't prepared to talk to Anthony for hundred and four miles. I had no notes. You can tell. I feel like I was trying to pull a conversation out of him for a pod that had no guidance, and that was on me. Podcasting 101, there was just a lot of um, in-between crap that didn't need to be there. That didn't, it was supposed to be about how I podcast, and I feel like I it took me like a half an hour to even get to that part. Just too much dead air. Promotion Plethora and Parker, I just remember that being... A pain in my ass to record that episode. And I just felt like it didn't... I don't even know what the episode's about without looking at the show notes. So, there's that. I actually didn't pick a best cover. Unfortunately. I thought I would. I did not. Um, so, so it was... I don't, I don't know. Um, uh why didn't I pick best cover? I love all my covers. Like, there's been covers that I've reworked and changed things here and there. And 
the covers are the biggest pain in my ass about recording an episode and my favorite part of the episode because once I get a cover done I love sending it to the brain trust and I love seeing it posted with the episode and there's been times covers haven't worked there's I'm sure that I could find covers on there that I don't really love that much but given the opportunity to Really, every every time I do a pod, though, I get the opportunity to make this cool-ass cover artwork for it. And one of my favorite things about releasing songs, especially like in the last eight years, was when I started doing artwork for them. And I started using like the online image tools that were available to me, like Ribbit and Pixlr, things like that. Once I started using those, I really got to know those programs. It was just always a lot of fun to get in there and try to make something cool looking that would catch your eye. And I feel like I get that opportunity every week with um, Hyphenation. The weird thing is, it's not even the images sometimes. Sometimes the images are pain because I can't find the one that's in my head that I want. So I have to find an alternative. And it's got to be a high, it has to be a large size image, high quality. Something I can fit into the little mold of the... Um, of uh, you know what what's supposed to be in the frame and then hyphenation and the episode title surrounds it, but the episode title is a bitch. If I don't say the episode title in the episode and I'm really sitting there at like eleven fifty six at night on a third on a Wednesday night and I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I gonna call this episode? I just get so freaking angry. I can't help it. So angry. And that's why you get weird ass episode titles. Um, sometimes I I just say something in the course of the episode. And I'm like, that's an episode title. You've heard me do it before. <laughs> but sometimes, man, naming these things are a bitch. Which brings me to my last category for the Centennial Hyphenation Awards. Best episode. You may not agree with these. You don't have to. But I'd love to hear your feedback. You can at me on Twitter at b-hyphen, b-hyphen at gmail.com, the b-hyphen on Instagram, or hyphen universe on Facebook, or hyphen um, podcast group on Facebook, or hyphen, pa- hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, or hyphen pie group on Twitter, or hyphen podcast group on Instagram. Let a brother know, by all means. Best episode. Episode 17, Make Me Wanna Holla. 56, Disney. 48, Daughters, Dads, and Disney. 22, Miss Me With All That. And 38, Greatest MCs of All Time. Drum roll, please. The best episode of Hyphenation. Yeah, I wasn't ready to answer. I really love the greatest MCs of all time, but it's not it. 
Messed me with all that is good. I feel like it could have been shorter with as much good content as I had in there. Disney, Daughters, Dads, and Disney. Make Me Wanna Holla is actually really good. I re-listened to it recently. It's really good. And it's short for everything that I covered and all the emotion, I feel like. I can't, why can't I be brief anymore? Man, Marcus gave us the hot-ass take in episode 48 of, of Angels in the Outfield is trash. Of course, I brought my Little Mermaid hate. It's the only time the Brain Trust has been on all the episodes of Hyphenation. Or on one episode of Hyphenation. We've, we've had one, we've had two. Of course, me. It's the only time we had all four of us. And man, it was a ride. We were up late that night. <laughs> up real late that night. I'm I'm going to say the best episode of Hyphen Nation is Disney. If I had to pick an episode and be like Here's my podcast. Check it out. Disney would be the one Disney would be the one, man. Um, I feel like it, it gives you everything the hyphenation is about. Without too much. I, I feel like it's a great storytelling episode. I think it's funny. I don't think it drags. I have to go back and listen to it, though. It could be terrible. And I could be like, oh, this should be in the worst episodes. But once I finally got to sit down and record that episode, it I, I feel like it's the it's the best the it's the best episode to describe what hyphenation is about. If I wanted to show off guest, I'd be like, hey, if you want to listen to some four uh, blurbs talk about Disney um, movies for three hours, check out Daughters, Dads, and Disney. You won't be disappointed. But if you want to find out what hyphenation is really about when it's just Kellen Conley on the microphone, Disney's it. There's your answer. Episode 56 Disney is the best episode of hyphenation. Again, if you have differing opinions, Marcus, Lamarique, Handsome Bane, Maps, whoever, whoever listens to this, if y'all want to let me know, hey, I really liked episode 21. Um, you know, you look like Carlton Banks. That was a good-ass episode. Episode 20, I thought, was really good. The one about with uh, Sasha Banks or, um, hey, girl, you want to come over and watch Red Zone or something like that? That was one of my better titles. <sighs> so so that's it. Let's check the count. So we're looking at at least 90 minutes of just awards. And I'm not done. 
<laughs> of course not. This is Ivan Nation of the world's greatest podcast. The Barack Obama approved Toronto rappers watching world's greatest podcast hosted by Kellen Conley. You damn right. I'm going to check the score real quick here. So, Marcus, I made the comment in the Brain Trust chat, and I was like, eh, you know, I'm doing these awards and everything, or I said something, and Eric was like, oh, you're just doing the awards, right, for episode 100, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, because I had sent them, I sent them the awards that I written down, everything on it, and he says, 100, just the best of sheet you sent. It's like, that's the main topic. Yes. Then about 30 minutes reminiscing gratitude. And I'm like, oh man, the awards are a dumb idea. Now I feel like it has to be bigger is what I said. And then Marcus comes back in, because Marcus always comes back in with the ideas. He's like thought father. That's why I call him that. What more ideas are you thinking for 100? I think it should be all retrospective and forecasting for the future or what you want from the bigger pod and the HPG in general. And you talk about some of the older pods you're involved with and how your pod stood the test of time, something like that. <sighs> so, that's what I'm going to do. I I feel like when me and Marcus did the numbers on the board pod, we talked about goals. At some point in the last five episodes we've done together, we talked about goals for the podcast. Ultimately, I can't lie to y'all. I want people to listen to this. I want it to be profitable. I want everything in Hive Nation to somehow be profitable. And I'd love to be able to sit down and do this for you. And broadcast, broadcast and get paid is the main thing. That's what I'd love to do. I want Hyphen Podcast Group to be a profitable podcast endeavor. As much as I love all this free stuff we're doing right now and everybody and like, oh, I'm helping you out for free and everything. Like, I would always help out anybody who joins Hyphen Podcast Group for free. But... If it does get to the point somewhere of being able to be like, okay, we make this much money on our own. If we bring your pod in and then start helping you with your pod, this is this is the cut that we get. I want to get to that point. I'm never going to charge anybody who's on hyphenation, hyphen podcast group before that point, anything. Everything they get is going into their pockets. But if I get to a point where people will literally come to me and be like, I want to start a podcast. Will you help me? Sure. Give me X amount of this once we get you started and rolling. Once you start um, getting people to listen to your show. I have to crack that motherfucking formula to get people to listen to me. It's something I was never able to do with my music. I feel like with podcasting, especially this one, is consistency. If the podcast is consistent and people can rely on it, People will come. The numbers will start to go up. 
I have to be able to pour a little bit of money into advertising on Facebook and Instagram. I have to start building relationships with other podcasters, which I'm doing in groups and stuff like that. But I still have to really take that leap of faith. Leap of faith, leap of faith. All thing to do is jump over the moon. You're welcome. Um, I have to really have to take that leap of faith and really put myself out there. I feel like I've been playing it safe with Hyphen Podcast Group for two years now. And, God, was it that long ago when I started this? I mean, we're coming up on two years soon. It's September, I think, is the first day um, we started. And we're at the point now where we have consistent shows. We are adding new shows. Um, we're at, me and um, me and uh, E and Anthony had a Browns on Our Blood meeting a few weeks ago at Sports Page. It was awesome. And we were talking about all the things we wanted to do. We, we actually laid out our plan for recording Browns in Our Blood this this season. And that's something we've never done. Something we've never had to do, you know? It's always been more like wing it. And it was nice to be able to have like a production meeting for a podcast. Like when me and Marcus started trading back DM ideas and stuff like that. And it's like, oh man, this would be a great pod and things like that. I get excited in those moments. I want to be able to sit down and have moments like that every day. I want to be able to be like, all right, um, Eric, uh, Lamarique, Juan, whoever else is involved, Everyday Rogue, um, K Rock, what do you guys got going on next for the next two months? What you, what you got? And then we work through ideas. I'd love to do the same thing with maps. Um, with a podcast called Fresh and with an I Black Man, what what's what's your plan, Mapsley? And what what would you like to do? And I wanna be I wanna be part of that planning. I wanna be part of the marketing. I love doing the as much as I might bitch every now and then and every time a, a pod comes out, I'm like, oh, I gotta put hashtags up and use my thumbs to promote this. Every time I get down and I start feeling that way, I have to remind myself that this could be my full-time job at some point. I won't have to go to work for someone else. I, I want to be my own boss of something. I want to bring in my own income to support my family and not have to answer to anyone besides Angel, real talk, and Jesus and God, you know? And Aaliyah. That's what I want. So bad. I don't want to work in this job forever. It's paying the bills now. And the company I work for has been really good to me. I got I, I got dreams, man. Like, like even outside the podcast, and I, I still want to write. I, I still want to work on that that uh, screenplay about the shoe department and, you know, uh, write these fiction stories and hell, I, I might still want to record music. No one's going to listen to it but me, but we've already crossed that bridge. The new bridge is get people to listen to your podcast regularly and make money off of it. You know? Hmm. Those are the things I want. Those are the things I need to see. Need to see. Need to do. 
Those are, those are the goals, Marcus. See, you said you want me to talk about my goals. Like, that's what I want. I want people to listen to hyphen po- the Hyphen Podcast group and Hyphen Nation. I'm very grateful to get to 100 episodes. I never in a million years thought I'd make it to 100. I was I wanted to quit so many times. You you have no idea. I'm such a fucking quitter. I'm such a quitter because I'll get an idea and I'll get into it and execute it. And then when the minute that something else catches my eye or it's not getting the attention I feel like it, it deserves, I'm out of here. Gone. Ghost. Just like that. No more for me. No thanks. And that's not how it works. If if I had stayed with it weekly, if I could have, even if there was an interruption here or there, if I had made the commitment to be on this microphone every single week for y'all and hit 100 episodes last year, where would my numbers be? Angel's been super understanding about the podcasting. I couldn't ask for more. There's nights that I'm up late talking to Marcus about, um, while we're podcasting or somebody else. There, And then there's nights where it's like, hey, I have to literally go out to the living room or go outside and do this podcast for an hour. So I can have an episode this weekend. She's like, okay. She gets it. Like. Having this podcast. Go go figure. But it's, it is therapeutic. Because I used to be able to write songs. And get my feelings out that way. Now when something bothers me, I'm able to get on the podcast and talk about it. As long as I don't wait too long. Even when it's something personal, being able to sit there and do a freaking self-care episode, which I'm planning on doing very soon, and just talking through my shit for 60 minutes, that's amazing. The power of the microphone has always meant a lot to me. I just, I want people to listen to podcasts, but you know what? I know I'm fucking good at doing a podcast too. When I'm on my shit, when I'm in my fucking podcast bag, fam, I'm just, fuck, fuck a humble brag, fuck the humble shit, fuck everything else. When I get on the microphone and I got my shit ready and my shit is clicking, I'm a fucking competitor. I have a fucking dope ass podcast. Truth be told. I have my things I could work on. I know my episodes of Marcus are way too long, but you know what? As much as those episodes are for the people, because I am a man of the people, and I only know that because I went back and listened to one of some of the older episodes just to hear the difference. And at one point I said something about being a man of the people, and I was like, one day I hope to be doing this podcast live in front of people. And I'd be like, you know, I do this for the people. And then somebody in the crowd would be like, because you're a man of the people. Well, I'm still a man of the people, damn it. When me and Marcus do our three-hour pods, two-and-a-half-hour pods, and we're talking about our shit, me and Marcus are vibing. We're having a fucking conversation. Like, 
yes, we're recording for the pod, but at the same time, we're just having fucking fun. So, as much as those episodes are for the people in the feeds, they're for us. It's for me, it's for him, and it's for anybody else who's interested in listening to that topic. But I'll tell you, man, I've been very lucky, very blessed to have a lot of freaking people tell me, even for on some regular, like, you got a really nice speaking voice. Like, like Derek, who was on episode 89, 87. Did he come out before? I don't uh, He was in the 80s. Or was he 90? He might have been 90. Derek might have been episode 90. He has always said that he enjoyed this my podcast just because of the sound of my voice. My boss at work has said, you have a pleasant speaking voice. I can, You have a radio voice. Well, I have years of radio in me, thanks to U92. So yeah, that's a part of me. I get on here and I talk my shit. I laugh about the Morgantown weather report. I, I, I say apologies to Markel Fultz. I say Barack Obama approved World's Greatest Podcast. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing before I get into the the last story I want to tell in this episode. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Effective immediately. Hyphenation is going bi-weekly. I'm dropping two episodes a week. If I don't drop two episodes a week, I'll come back... I'll come back next week with two episodes. If I get three episodes a week, especially if I skip the week, I'm dropping three episodes a week. Hyphen Nation is going bi-weekly. It's going to be Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to start start making a whole lot of content. And I just know that in four weeks' time or less, I'm going to be sitting in front of this microphone and I'll be like, Oh, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I got to get this podcast done. But Hyphenation is going bi-weekly. You're getting two episodes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Effective immediately. So, uh, uh, well, start, let's go say start next week because this episode is going to come out when it comes out. But starting next week, after episode 100, after you all have reveled in the glory of Hyphenation 100... We're going bi-weekly. Two episodes a week. Button drops Wednesday and Saturday. I'm dropping. And that's two days. Hey, I'm only giving y'all one day. Uh, I don't really like that. No, no. Let's let's do Thursday and Sunday. Thursday and Sundays, you get new pots. Thursday and Sunday. Because Catch the Show was always, most of the time, Saturday. Uh, everybody else is kind of... Uh, when we get it ready, we drop, which is perfectly fine. But for me, I'm coming out on Thursdays, and I'm coming out on Sundays. So, 5 a.m. Thursday, 5 a.m. Sunday. And that gives you your Friday and your Saturday to catch up on Thursday episode before we roll into Sunday. And we're fucking rolling. We made it to 100 freaking episodes. Let's see 
what happens next. Alright, now that said, <laughs> I was not an anticipating getting that uh, amped, but it felt good for sure. I'll leave y'all with one more story. So, actually... I'm gonna throw in a break right here before I get to my last story. Hang tight. Hey, hey, yeah, you. You like comic books, anime, and stuff? Sure you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? Welcome back to Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, the 100th episode of the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. So my last story. And I don't think I've told this on the pod before. I have, sorry. <clears throat> I may have mentioned it in passing. I thought maybe I wrote something about it, but I couldn't find it there either. I was uh, recently joined this sports group uh, on Facebook, sports podcast group, to promote Lemon on the Edge and Monster and the Man. When they um, come out with episodes, you know, try to expand the podcast for Verizon, Horizons. And I was listening to this guy's pod, and it was just a single guy, and he was sitting there talking, breaking down some baseball and hockey, and he was very good. Um, let me give him a shout out, actually, because um, I checked I checked out his his pod. He it was actually a Facebook Live that he was doing. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I want to give him a shout out real quick. Podcasting one hundred and one. Just when you thought you were safe. We're almost there. Where is it at? Where did he comment? Jack Neary. His name's Jack Neary. And I just checked out half of his uh his Facebook live that he did. And uh I was really into it. I was like, hey man, I really like this. And he's like, hey, thank you. I don't know if I like this page. That's his uh, his actual. Yeah, yeah, I did like his page. His page is called Shot of Jack, um, but it reminded me of something that I really hope I haven't shared with y'all. But if not, I'm gonna share it with y'all anyway. Uh, so back in my punishment days <laughs> in junior high school, I was uh, I was always getting punished for something or another. It wasn't my fault. And I'll go to my grave saying it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and and that's not true. Um, so what had happened, it, it was definitely 1996 because um, I couldn't watch TV. And I couldn't watch the Bulls and the, um, the what's-their-faces, the Seattle Supersonics. 
I couldn't watch them. I couldn't watch them do their show. Show. I couldn't watch them play the NBA Finals. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. I couldn't watch them play in the NBA Finals. I was on punishment. I had this little alarm clock radio. Used to play my little paper basketball game that I wrote about on Hyphen Universe a while back. Um, I used to play that on there. And, and, and when I say play that, I mean I would set the alarm. Somehow I found this AM sports channel. AM 610. And the station that was on there was called One-on-One Sports. And the guy I was listening to at the time was out of Chicago. It was all based out of Chicago at the time. And Lord forgive me, I don't remember anybody else's names other than the main guy I want to talk about here. Uh, his, his name was Papa Joe Chevalier. And Papa Joe is was an awesome sportscaster. And I had checked, I had ran across by mistake and I was listening to him talk about the Bulls winning the game and stuff. And I hadn't been told that I couldn't listen to the radio. Like, I think at that point, I don't even think I had a CD player yet. So, um, or did the, did the alarm clock out? No, it was just a, it was just an AM FM alarm clock. So, I was, um, you know, I started listening to this AM radio station and listening to the sports channel. And they were on all day long. But it's 6 o'clock. Yeah, Papa Joe came on at 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday, and on one-on-one sports. And Joe would come on, and it was like magic. And it was just like your normal sports show. Like, they talk about, um, you know, those old dudes in New York I'm not going to look up, and one retired and one's still going, he left and came back. And everybody idolizes him, the New York big uh, sports broadcaster. Uh... You know, like, Joe was in that vein, and and Joe would take calls and talk about the day's topics. But the way he would do it was just so incredible to me. He did such a good job at just telling you the facts about the shit that was going on in sports for the day, you know? And... I eventually got my dad to start listening to one-on-one sports and Papa Joe. And he used to do this thing called uh, Bite Me Wednesdays is what, it, is what he would call it. And no, I'm not kidding. That was what it was literally called. And people would call in and be like, um, um, yeah, people would call in to, to the show on Wednesdays. And it was Bite Me Wednesdays. And... He'd be like, oh, you're on there with Papa Joe. And he's like, Papa Joe, my name is Roger from uh, San, San Diego. And I'm going to send a huge bite me to San Diego Chargers coach Marty Schottenheimer. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember who's coaching the Chargers in ISX. And because he did this awful trade and Natron means is he sucks and all this other stuff. So you know what? Bite me up, San Diego Chargers. And <laughs> it would go on like that for four hours. Where people would literally call Papa Joe up and just talk about, like, what was bothering them. Oh, like, Joe Girardi can't hit right now. The Yanks aren't doing that great. So, bite me, Joe Girardi. (laughs) 
and there was literally t-shirts it was had t-shirts that said bite me wednesday my dad actually brought us these t-shirts and the thing is about papa joe chevalier man he had a huge impact on me when i was not expecting him to um like i said he was a real straightforward guy um he passed away in his 60s in 2011 i believe and he had moved on from one-on-one sports and was like on sporting news radio and things like that things of that nature back in the day and Papa Joe, when he got on there, when it when it before he started taking calls, he would people would call in, or not call in. He would just sit there and, and talk about the Bulls or talk about uh, the home run chase, McGuire and Sosa, and, and who was doing what, and give you his opinion. And it'd just be like a, I don't know how, like let's say it was a good twenty minutes before he started taking calls or even go to commercial, and just I would live for those. In between moments for callers, because I love the callers. The callers are always fun. But to hear him break down and do that monologue of just what was happening, his opinions on things, and even as he, someone called him and be like, hey, um, P- uh, Papa Joe, I'm going to ask my question and hang up so I can listen. And people would literally get on there and be like, uh, what do you think about the message here? And then hang up until they go listen to the radio. And the Papa Joe would break it down for five, six minutes maybe about what he thought about the Mets and it would be like the whole roster and everything. And it was just so in depth and so on point that I got my radio bug from Papa Joe. I When I was younger, I was like, I want to do radio and stuff. Like, I mean, when you're listening to music and stuff like that, especially like coming up in the age that we were of, of burning CDs and or, of recording music to tape. And then eventually recording CDs to tape, and then eventually recording CDs to CDs, and then ripping CDs. You know, this, these are all things that happen like within like 1990. We were like, let's in my house, I was able to record a um, CD to a tape by 93 in my house. Um, by 2001, I was burning CDs to CDs, which is just insane. So as much as I love the music and I love DJing the music, I always wanted to do sport. I always wanted to do talk, some kind of talk. I was never going to be a doctor, lawyer kind of guy, and I never thought I'd be a, even a sports guy. And I've tried at times, and there's times when I do excellent at sports and I, I, I'm on top of things. And then there's times that I'm completely out of my element, and I'm like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> what What did you say now? But Papa Joe Cervalier is the main reason that hyphenation is here because when I get on here I I think about how Papa would come on with his music and everything. He had different intros and stuff. Papa Joe would come on and he'd start talking his shit about whatever was going on. And it was just so cool to hear him you know, hear him do his thing and uh be Papa Joe. And uh, it's funny because when I listen to Joe Budden podcast, the most exciting part of the podcast for me is the start. Like whatever music Joe is playing and then whatever shit they're talking and then when he's doing the drops, um, that's my favorite part of the show. Everything after that until they do sleepers in like the very end of the show is kind of, I'm super in the beginning of the show. And that's the way I was with Papa Joe. So when I come on these pods, I try to bring his spirit with me. 
of being warm, being inviting, being um, charismatic, making you want to still watch, you know, not lose your attention. So I want to send a big shout out to Papa Joe Chevalier and just thank him for the time that I spent. There was several summers that I spent just listening to Papa Joe and I'd catch him in the winter and things like that. Uh, but it was definitely summertime when I got to hear him the most because, you know, school was out, had nothing to do. I'd be like, oh, yo, it's six o'clock. We got to go out and listen to Papa Joe. <laughs> and then me and my dad go outside and listen to Papa Joe and hang out. And we didn't, we didn't, I, I would, I would try to listen to the whole show for the whole full four hours. But yeah, like, I, without Papa Joe Chevalier, who knows what hyphenation would be. Who knows? So, I think I've worn y'all out already. I mean, this is about to be another hour. So this 100th episode is at least two hours. You're welcome, Sprite. Um, man, uh, what up, Maps? Uh, so, yeah, this... This, am I going to do my outro stuff? Let me just go ahead and do my outro stuff one more time for the 100th episode. One more time for the 100th episode. So, if you want to listen to the world's greatest podcast, here's what you do. You go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com. All the shows are available right there. You can go to hyphenuniverse.com. That's my personal website. All the shows are also available there. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Dot com. I meant to say hyphen nation is available wherever podcasts are sold. So if you're buying a podcast, hopefully I'm getting some of that money. Uh, podcasts are free. So just remember that. Get your podcasts for free. Um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Spreaker, uh, wherever podcasts are sold, like Radio Public. It, it's all on there. Every hyphen podcast group show is on there. Hyphen nation is on there as well. I'm going to remember to say this one thing about it. There's Amazon links on hyphen podcast group page. If you go there, um, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, click the Amazon link, it'll take you to Amazon, buy whatever you're going to buy, and then a little bit goes back to hyphen podcast group. So remember to do that. Please and thank you. Um, what else? What else? What else? There's a Patreon. Uh, lots of cool tiers. I'm going to redesign it. No one's helping us out. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Because one day I'm going to make Take all your money. Every single bit of your money. Um, but yeah. What else? What else? What else? I already said all the social medias. So you can find everything you need right there. Um, you know. You know. You could. You could. Go to uh, hyphenpodcastgroup.com and go to shows. And uh, well shit. I guess you can't do this anymore. I changed the links. Because you used to be able to go to shows and go to Hyphenation page and there would be an RSS feed. But now the link to Hyphenation just goes to Anchor. Well, one more time anyway. If you happen to run across an RSS feed for Hyphen Podcast Group, or if you even want to use the classic old feed, which was feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016. If you want to take that old RSS feed or the new RSS feed for Anchor, turn that sunbitch sideways, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, then you 
can get all 100 episodes of Hyphenation just like that. 100 episodes and fucking insane. <sighs> Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do. You got to do you. Understand. Uh, words of wisdom for today. Here, here's my words of wisdom. I always tell Maps, who's watching right now, to speak his truth. And I feel like I used that recently. Um, you know what, man? I I had to uh, run home the other day to check on Dad. Everything's okay. But I, I still had to run home and check on him. Made the drive home. He he hung up on me when he found out I was coming to the house. When I was like, oh, I'm like five minutes away. He's like, click. I'm like, man, that's such a mom move. Uh, I I can't say it enough. Just make sure you're staying in touch with your loved ones, man. Um, I always say it on here, but just tell somebody. It means anything to you. Just tell them that they mean something to you. It don't matter. Your fucking postman brings you a new pair of shoes from Amazon. Be like, yo, I, I, you're my fucking dude. You know what? You're a good fucking person. Here, perfect example. Today at work. Today at work. Lady, her husband passed a motorcycle accident. Her lawyer's trying to charge her all this money in order to do an estate account um, for her. I don't know if PA is different or not. I tr sat down with her and we talked for a, a while ago, or a while, at least 20 minutes just about different options that she might have. And she looked at me and, t and said, thank you for being so nice and taking the time to help me. Because no one else is really trying to explain things to me. And I was like, oh, I wish there was more we can do because we couldn't really help her. I was just like, these are your options that I know of, but you have to go find out for yourself what your options really are. And she was just so grateful. And she even came back and... I still wasn't able to help her, and she still was just very appreciative of the whole moment. So, have genuine interactions with people. Let people know that you're thinking of them. Just do it, bro. Hug your mom, punch your dad, kiss your sister, not like that, you perv. Uh, hug your brother, uh, write your uh, friend a letter, write, send an email, Write on someone's Facebook wall. Leave a comment on Instagram. Uh, like, shit. Like, my friend from high school who I had not talked to in 18 years messaged me on Saturday about what was going on back, back home. And then we, we had a few phone conversations because of what was going on. And she's like, I'm so sorry we're talking like this again, my friend. I'm like, don't even be. It's like, I appreciate you telling me. Like, I wouldn't have known what was going on without you telling me. Like. You reached out. You could have done nothing and then me not know anything about what happened to my dad. He's okay. Just saying. So, yeah. Punch your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Apologies to Markel Fultz. You're still trash. Absolutely. 
Python podcast group onward and upward to infinity and beyond. I either look high or I look sleepy in this video, but I don't care. I'm Facebook living for anybody who will be listening to the audio version of this. Maps, I'm listening to your newest episode right now of I Black Man. And I like the intro on a podcast called Fresh, in case you're listening. Joey Homick, what up, bro? I'm not bringing you on camera. Anyway, guys, it's been the 100th episode of Hyphenation. It's uh, 11.32 at night. I'm going to sleep, and I'm going to edit in the morning, because I don't go into work till later. So, you should be hearing this soon. Um, Otherwise... For the hundredth time, I can't thank any of y'all enough for taking the time to listen to the podcast. And uh, you're welcome, Maps. Anybody who's even listened to a few seconds, again, I'm super astounded by that message that everybody that I've ever worked with has come to me, like, did for me. It was really sweet. Thank you, Marcus, for... Uh, Oh, oh, you politely gloating maps. Wait till you hear the part that happened right before I turned on the turn on the camera. Wait till you hear that. So, I mean, seriously, thank thank you to everybody who's ever checked out the podcast, even if it's just for a minute, even if it's just a 30 second clip on Instagram, even if you never listen, well, if, if you never listen to the episode, you're not really helping me. I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> a little sleepy. But seriously, anybody who I've ever worked with on a podcast, or I have talked with about a podcast, or uh, anybody who has supported Hyphen Podcast Group or Hyphen Nation, I sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, we're going to keep this train rolling. Because that's the only thing we can do. Uh... And that's, and that's what I plan on doing. So, sincerely, for myself, Kellen, Daniel, Conley, a.k.a. B-hyphen, a.k.a. Man of the People, a.k.a. <laughs> I got nothing left. Um, and from Hyphenation and Hyphen Podcast Group. This has been episode 100. Thanks, y'all. Hold up. And we back. So, one more thing. I know I just signed off. I'm an idiot. I was home this past weekend, and I ended this episode in a very special way. The last episode is a, obviously, one-sided conversation that I had with my mother about the 100th episode and about hyphenation in general. So that's how we going out. Enjoy. So when I was recording this episode previously, like the early part parts, one of the things I thought about, I was like, man, I'd get my dad. I'd like to get my dad on here. And I kind of wish I'd recorded something from home for episode 100. I knew that wasn't going to happen, you know. I was supposed to be in Morgantown this weekend. Well, uh, due to uh, unforeseen circumstances, 
I ended up here. I'm actually back home in Cape and Bridge. You might hear the dog barking in the background. And everything's good. Um, just something I had to come check on with Dad. Everything's good. I only stayed last night. But uh, one of the things that I miss is uh, my mom, Bonnie. You know, I used to tell her about all the stuff I was into, and she'd always be real patient with me and listen and, you know, just just made it seem worthwhile to me. You know, she validated me. There we go. And I I never really got to tell her I was into podcasting, and she passed a few months before Hyphen Nation launched, and I've talked about her before on here a time or three. But how I want to end this hundredth podcast? That that's not going to be on it. He's he's chilling. He's still on his Irie been did the podcast one stance. I'll see how that goes. But I just wanted to end this podcast by uh <clears throat> by talking to mom a little bit here. Since so what I, I'm doing is when whenever we stay here, uh biggest room is always the master bedroom. Dad doesn't sleep in here anymore. He sleeps on the other side of the house. My old room is too tiny for three people, which is normally who's with me. I just came down here by myself. And in my mom's master bedroom is her closet. And it was no regular ass closet to begin with, because if I recall correctly, there was supposed to be another. Um, in fact, if I recall correctly, the the full master was is huge. She like specifically had this locked off to be her closet. And it was ginormous to begin with. After I left the Gamma Morgantown in 2003, she blocked off more of the room and added more closet space. So her closet is literally big enough to hold a full-size bath and a bedroom. And it's all close. When I was a kid, Abby with her, I would uh, come in here and she'd be, she kind of had a little office. She would do bills in here sometimes. She would just be doing different things in here. But I always loved coming in her closet because it's like a little hiding spot, you know? Lots of room. Um, you know, lots of room, lots of space for a 9, 10, 11 year old kid just hanging out. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's been times I've come in this room and fallen asleep. <laughs> And the funny thing is, when mom passed, I always felt like I felt her energy the most in the closet. That was like her most sacred place in the house. So, I'm just going to take these last few minutes to kind of tell her about the podcast. So, mom, I know you're listening already. Now you see Aaliyah getting big and me getting older. <laughs> And today is, I'm recording the 100th episode of my podcast. The podcast, Mom, you know, I'm sure you know this stuff, but 
podcast is like a radio show, except it's longer length and it normally has one to multiple people on it. And people talk about different topics and people listen to it in their cars or when they're working on their phones or old school like me on an iPod or some people listen on their iPads or some people use their Amazon uh, Alexas or Google Homes and all those things. The Apple one too. <laughs> and not that long after you died, I decided I wanted to start a podcast. Um, I've always been in podcasts. I've podcasted before with this has been my crowning podcast achievement so far. Uh, you know, I, j I just get on here and I try to be weekly. I get on here and talk about topics that come to mind and things I like and some of the things going on in society today. Like, uh, And I, I try to have a good time. And, and I, I do with my friend Marcus. Marcus gets on here with me. Um, you'd like Marcus. He's a sweet kid. Um, we talk about different comic book stuff and nerdy stuff, you know, and I actually, I started my own podcast network. I, it, and I have different shows that all are attached to what I like to call the hyphen podcast group. Pretty, pretty clever, right? The hyphen hyphen podcast group. And I got people from a good chunk of the United States all over here. I got I got a guy from Detroit named Miles, a former guy from Detroit named Eric who lives in Boston with his family. Another guy from Boston, uh, Mike, he's a good friend of mine. Eric Jordan, the guy I was doing music with in Morgantown, Monster Long. He's got two shows on here now. His son, Junior, Eric Jr., E.G., He's got a show. My friend Lane, who I met at Huntington uh, a few years back, he has a show here on there. Uh, I even got, I don't know if you remember Bubba Sparks, but I even got his manager doing a sports podcast with Monster Lungs, his former manager, so that's pretty cool. And then there's me and my little radio show, which I've been ignoring because I've been, you know, family, life, and then this podcast. I I think you'd like my show. I mostly cuz it's mine cuz you always was so supportive of anything I did artistically, especially like with the music and the rapping and stuff and I I think you would enjoy. It. I think you'd find think I did a good job. I'm sure you wouldn't like some of my topics or some of my language. I don't know how you'd feel about me dropping the bomb and shit, but you know, I feel like I'm pretty a wholesome show with some cursing for the most part. Yeah, but I just kind of set out three years ago to do this podcast and make it my own. It was like really the first time I had podcasted on my own in years. And the first time I tried it, I only got two episodes done. And I just want you to know that there's so much stuff that comes out in our everyday conversations. When I'm podding, like, the the line about when we were in Winchester at one time, and I knew your back had been hurting, and you had been laid out most of the day, and then drove into Winchester because you had to go pick up something from the sh a shop. I think it was a purse you wanted to go get. And we walked in, and... You were you were miserable before. You were happy. 
but you were miserable. You were just in pain. And you walked in that store and you were upright and it was like you just into a whole new person. Warm, inviting, cordial, funny, magnetic. You 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 lit up that whole little store, that little boutique. It was it was wild to me. And then we're walking out and I was like, Mom, how how do you do that? And you're like, do what? And I'm like, how do you put on that face to um you know, make make people sit people at eat? Like how do you how do you do that? Like, you know, you just you just went in there with full confidence and you look like no one would have been able to tell that there's anything wrong with you. And you're just like, it's not their fault that you're having a bad day. And so I, I constantly tell myself that is even when I'm I'm feeling shitty, things aren't going well, you know, I'm a little down. When I'm dealing with other people, I always think to myself, it's not their fault that you're having a bad day. So I don't try to pass that bad day along to them. God bless Angel and Aaliyah. They might catch some flack, but it's it's not their fault they're having a bad day. And then when I, when I get on the podcast, when I sit down to do these, I, it kind of turned into what my music did, where my music was like, if my music helps somebody with something, even in, for four minutes, 30 seconds, if someone feels something for my music, that's all I ever wanted. And that's the same way I feel like with my podcast. Like, I, I want people to be able to turn on an episode of Hyphenation and feel at ease. I don't want them to feel stressed out. I want them to laugh. I want them to cry. If I'm crying, crying nation, what up? I want I want people to be informed. I also want people to know that I don't know everything. That I'm just like them and trying to make my way one step at a time, one pants leg at a time, one round at a time, one punch at a time, one step at a time. Shout out to Creed. <laughs> Never got to see Creed. You would have liked Creed. You probably would have liked Guardians of the Galaxy too. I wonder if you got to watch that. I miss you. And... I just want to let you know that I'm going to keep soldiering on with the podcast, you know. I don't know what comes of this at the end. Like, Marcus is always like, put out your predictions for what you want the podcast to go and hyphen podcast group and say your hopes and dreams. Like, I hope to be, make, I'd love to live, make a living doing podcast and helping others do their podcast. I'd love for that to be the goal. But really, this is me now. Like, I, I, haven't done music in years since Aaliyah was born, other than a couple th songs here and there. Like, I've tried to get back in that mode, and it's so hard for me. And then there's times that I slack on the podcast. I'm like, eh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and get to it. And then when I do that, and then I put it together, and I go, I start listening to it, I know it's not where I need it to be. I know there's so much more I could have done. Because I, was, I wasn't focused. But when I know I'm focused and I sit there and I take the time to knock out an episode and really put my heart into it, it makes all the difference in the world. So I just want people to be able to 
enjoy whatever they're going through or make it through whatever they're going through. And if they're doing that to the sound of my voice while they're doing it and getting a smile or getting a laugh or getting a chuckle or even getting maybe annoyed by some of the hot, hot ass takes I bring to the table. I, I want them to feel something. I'd like a lot of people to feel something <laughs> so that I can figure out a way to make this profitable. But I'm going to, I'm going to keep rolling and as always, just like Barbara, never far from my thoughts. Um, thanks for waiting for me. I don't know if I ever told you that. Because uh, the day and night, early morning you passed away, like, I I had to go to work. And I didn't get out of Morgantown until late. And you, you were still here when I got here. And I got to say goodbye and show you the pictures of Aaliyah. So, but yeah, that's what I'm up to. Trying not to have another baby. Trying to make 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 my wife happy. <laughs> Trying to have a successful marriage, you know. Trying to figure out a way to live more comfortably and just always try to find a way to make a better life and help others out along the way. I know all those uh, genuine interactions you have with people have rubbed off on me, and I always send a podcast with that. Try to have genuine interactions with people. I love you very much, and thank you for everything that you've ever done for me. All the wisdom you instilled, all the punishments. <laughs> Sorry, I used to sneak and watch TV. When I shouldn't have been, I should have been in bed. I know you knew. You caught me sometimes too. Um, but you made episode one hundred. I almost wish it was like that Kendrick and song where he put Tupac clips in there and then sound like they're having a conversation. The Kendrick album to Pimp a Butterfly. I don't know if you would have liked the whole thing. I, I liked it. It's edited in your voice. So it sounds like we're having a real conversation. That'd be wild, wouldn't it? Dad's watching Ridiculousness. I'm about to get back on the road, though, and head back to Morgantown, but I just wanted to have you on the pod and have this little conversation with you. Um, I want to say something cool, like, I'll see you when I get there. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> This has been Hyphenation 100, and uh, you're, you're now a part of it. So that makes me very happy. Talk to you soon. listening don't forget to subscribe and comment this has been a hyphen podcast network production they're the bestest i'm getting paid at exposure